War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com. It is Monday. It is October 17th. We have some big stories in the news. Number one, Black Lives Matter. They're having a press briefing. Later today, they are having a press briefing, and they are making allegations against Woonsocket police what they say uh, was actions, BLM, they believe excessive force. This goes back to the Monday of Columbus Day at Oktoberfest. They're saying these minors, the police arrested some minors and blah, blah, blah. But the video that I have seen is the individuals involved with this are very disrespectful to police and the screaming and the swearing of police and they're trying to say there was some kind of a scuffle with, they're, they're alleging that a man got into a scuffle with some, a number of minors at Autumn Fest. And the police got him out of there, but they never arrested or charged him. But, you know, I, I don't know exactly what some of the charges were, but that is going to be coming up later today, 4 o'clock. I did get the notice from it. And they posted... Uh, Black Lives, and this is Black Lives Matter pack. And what what I saw, what they posted was, this is it's it's gonna be, um, at at four o'clock, they they're trying to tie in, believe it or not, but like George Floyd, and they're gonna have uh, a press conference four o'clock at the World War II Veterans Memorial Park, family and friends. Now they're trying to say that there was a man got into a beef with some of the miners. I don't know what that's all about. And then they have a, a number of videos that show three teens that apparently were arrested. And they're trying to say one of them was a knee-on-neck restraint technique that killed George Floyd. Um, I, 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 I mean, I think that I saw that in one of the videos, but I, I wouldn't say it was exactly like that. These people are fighting with the police. Uh, police, you know, have to literally bring them to the ground and get them under control, but all you hear are this this ridiculous screaming at some of these teens. They're so disrespectful to the police, to the soccer police, and they're just screaming at them. And hey, listen, they, you know this is like you you have to learn how to talk to somebody. I I see the video they're talking about. I I would not compare it to that uh you know they they trying to look for their own george flight i haven't heard of any type of injuries but they're trying to say that it was a certain type of restraint and they have a press release so that's going to be coming up later today when they are alleging excessive force against Fort. i i don't believe that what i see are a group of kids you can't tell how old they are they're screaming at the police they're swearing at the police and then they're trying to say that there was an adult. What does that mean, an adult? An 18-year-old? So this business that we want to press charges and the parents couldn't see them right away and they wanted to work in the words George Floyd, try to get some momentum going. Parents couldn't see their kids for 45 minutes. Yeah, the, are these the same type of individuals that are out to like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes? So the parents couldn't see the kids for 45 minutes? Well, they, they did see them. So they're going to be making all these different types of allegations. I think uh, what Woonsocket Police is very well run. Um, I, I, what I am seeing is you have a beautiful event, Autumn Fest, and the weather was terrific. And then these young kids that look like complete punks start acting up and then just show complete disregard and respect for law enforcement. And they're making all these kinds of demands. And then, of course, they, you know, it doesn't matter if you have someone, you, and, and let's just be honest, you, you can't tell if someone's 14 or 16 
or even 17 for that matter, if someone is swinging at you and fighting and resisting arrest, you know, none of these, none of these kids seem to learn that there's a way to behave with law enforcement. And all this screaming, get your hands off me. I don't know if they're on drugs, they're high, or what the, the drill is. But that was a nice event. You know what that, that event didn't need? They didn't need a bunch of juvenile delinquents causing havoc. And then how about a little bit of yes, sir, yes officer, no officer? Is that even in their vocabulary? So now, by the way, folks, on this Monday, huge Patriot win yesterday. Huge Patriot win. I mean, on the road, I'll tell you, I, I think they're sticking with Bailey Zappi. He threw for 309 yards, two touchdowns in his third NFL game. And they, especially, what a blowout fourth quarter, 38-15 to 15 over the Browns. Hey, listen, Cleveland Browns are an NFL franchise. The Patriots were playing on the road. So that was a tremendous performance, especially the way they, they ended it. Now, I want to uh, clue you in on what is a big story. And I'll tell you, there, there's definitely a problem with Governor McKee, his administration, the way he comports himself. He absolutely has it out for Channel 12. It's not your imagination. There is real animosity of Governor McKee towards WPRI Channel 12. And this sounds, it sounds so simple, but there is a pattern that I, I don't, and I don't use the word lie lightly. Folks, by the way, would you also, my prediction, watch over the next three weeks, two individuals are going to try to wrap themselves in Senator Jack Reed. One is Seth Magaziner. Uh, they are really putting pressure on Senator Reed to not only endorse him, but do a commercial for him. The other person who's going to try to wrap himself around Senator Reid is Governor McKee. Now, I don't understand. All right, so some test scores are coming out. Somehow, somebody says, you know, in 2018, Raimondo postponed the release of the test scores, the Rhode Island Public School test scores, till after the election. So somehow the McKee people come up with, they hatch this plan, we're going to delay the release until after the election. Now, if they had released them and you just say, hey, listen, we're still coming out of the pandemic, would have been a one-day story. But when you hide them, and then worse, he got up on that debate stage on Channel 12. And I don't know how else you say it. He said the state didn't have them. And then it turns out the state does have the test scores. So it's very obvious, just so we're all clear what's going on. And I'd said this, if they were good scores, he would have released them. At the at the debate, he even let out a Channel 12, well, they're not good. And then he was like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't. So now they're trying to say when the governor said that the state didn't have them, he meant he didn't physically have them on him, like they weren't in his pocket. That is ludicrous. If the When the governor says we're getting $5 million for a grant for this or that, we don't think he must have it, the $5 million in his pocket. He's speaking on behalf of the state will be awarded. So when he says we don't have the test scores, for Governor McKee to now come out and say, and his people to say, well, what he meant was he physically didn't have them. I mean, that is just, is that really where we're at? So I want to play, again, Rhode Island does have the scores. Uh, the, the, the vendor that's involved with it, they, they handed them over. So good for Channel 12. They followed up with them. I don't blame Channel 12 for being upset. Now, Governor McKee, I know they don't like the word. He lied, but how else do you say it? He stood on the debate stage and said, we don't have them. And we do have them. They're just trying to delay the release of them. So I want to play. This is um, Channel 12. Again, it's their story. They broke it. But it turns out Governor McKee has been yeah, right, less than truthful. About, uh, the, the most recent has standardized test scores and why those are supposed to be uh, released in November after the election instead of in October when the scores were originally expected to be released. Here's what Governor Dan McKee said Tuesday night. People who are doing the study have said that MCAS is in first place. That's Massachusetts, and then Rhode Island will follow. And Massachusetts released MCAS. And, and so, they, last time I checked, they had more students in Rhode Island. And my understanding is now that we're second in line to get that information. 
That's a lie. Well, today, Steph and I checked with the vendor, uh, a private company called Cognia, that administers both the MCAS test in Massachusetts and the RICAS, and their spokesperson says the scores have already been provided to the Rhode Island Department of Education. She said, quote, there is no delay on our end. So we've asked the governor's office and Rye to explain the governor's remarks in light of that. So far, we haven't heard back. All right, thank you so much, Charlie Taylor, for joining us. Um, really great reporting. You can see that with Steph Machat. I mean, that is on our website, know, great reporting. I mean, it's some kind of reporting. But I'll say this, though, folks. You understand this is a total unenforced error. So they get the test scores. They're not positive. Someone decides, either the governor or his people, will just say, we don't have them. We'll hide them. And we'll pretend we're not getting them until after the election. So, like, what? Why not just say, yeah, we got them. They're not great. We're going to work on them. But that's not what they decided to do. So now they're caught in a lie. In Channel 12, to their credit, by the way, they go on and found out they did a... This is probably one of the reasons why Governor McKee's been freaking out, why he ended up in the hospital. The scores were released publicly September 29th. So they've had them. So, But I also like Channel 12 caught the McKee people in a complete lie where... Not only did the state actually, in fact, they, the state was given these test scores, but to add insult to injury, the governor's people, they see in an email schooling the Rhode Island Department of Education of how they should be answering to the press. So now they're asking the Rhode Island Department of Education to lie for them. This, this is, I, it, I mean, this is an unforced error. Do you understand that? And there is this this back and forth. Now, Ashley Kalis is going to have a press conference today, and she's going to make a lot about it. Now, it should have been, like I said, have been handled properly. It would have been a one-day story. But one of the things that came out, I don't have the scores. What, it, what the, they're saying, what the government meant was he didn't have them physically. On, like that, is this the level we're at? But see, this also goes into play where Channel 12 had, had requested some emails from Mike, Mike McGee. He was one of the ILO people. So they hand, here they are, here they are, here's your Mike McGee emails that you requested. And then Channel 12 is like, well, wait a minute. On some of these emails, his name is Michael McGee. And then on others, it's Mike McGee. So then the governor's people say, well, that's not what you requested. You didn't request Michael, you requested Mike. Listen, you know who they're talking about. These are the types of cats and mouse games that the, the governor's people are playing. So Rhode Island Department of Education said it would comment Friday afternoon, didn't respond, then a lengthy statement, still lying for them. I mean, this is a joke. So, and then it turns out um, that the McKee press people are then caught in a tough spot where they're trying to justify this in some way, where they're trying to say what the governor meant. What? Listen, I, I mean, when he's standing up there looking into the camera, and Ashley Kalis came out with a scathing response about Governor McKee. But the Rhode Island Department of Education, their credibility is on the line. They denied any delay in releasing the results. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. To the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11.
we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dpdrove.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me right now, he's the managing editor, anchorrising.com, and it's Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off with the story that uh, kind of been building a little bit. And then we first got word that the state, they claimed they wouldn't be able to release these test scores until after the election. And uh, a lot of people started speculating about it. And then they were trying to say, no, no, it has nothing to do with the fact the election. We're just not going to release them. We, we, we don't have them. And then Governor McKee even took the, the steps. It's hard to believe, but he actually went on the Channel 12 debate stage on Tuesday night, looked in the camera and said, yeah, I, I don't have them. And then it was revealed Friday. Good job by Channel 12. They you know, spoke to the vendor and uh, the vendor you know, delivered these test scores the same way and at the same time that, that Rhode Island got them the same time Massachusetts did, which was the end of, of September. So that caused then the governor's people to say, well, what he meant was he didn't physically have them on them when he said he didn't have them. I, I, um, I'm just, I don't remember the last time, whether people like it or not, and I know the McKee people aren't going to like it, but these are my words, not just the cat's. But he basically, Justin, he stood up on the stage, looked at both Tim White, Ted Nisi, and his opponent, and he lied. They somehow came up with this plan. It was a bad lie. It was a stupid lie. Uh, it was could have been a one-day story. And now, now it's really going to be coming out when the tests are going to be released. It hurts credibility. The Channel 12, you know, they, they claim that he lied to them in the uh, last, the primary debate that they did about the, the Nilo situation. So I want to hear your thoughts and I want people to understand that this is a sitting governor. And I know some people may just shrug it off all politicians lie. That this is different. This is education. It's the credibility of education. What I think is the most damaging, it shows the sway he has over the Rhode Island Department of Education. And actually these are educators for crying out loud, Justin, that like what confidence should we have that they all get in a conspiracy to pretend that they don't have the test scores. Yeah, especially when I get to the, the point of parsing words. Well, I don't actually, you know, physically have them on my desk right. or anything like that. I mean, it's just it gets it gets Ooh, kind of ridiculous. Chris. It is. Yes. And and what's really coming to me lately with McKee is he is I thought I used to think he was kind of bumbling, probably heart and head in the right place. But now it's just he is such the the typical Rhode Island politician just he's in a bed with the unions he, he tries yep. to cover anything up there's he's not in it to run things well he's not on the side of no. students or taxpayers he's, he's no. on it to win and he's and he's just bad at it he, he bumbles he lies when he maybe doesn't have to I mean look there are two ways you these results are going to be terrible. We can we can already tell that. And they've I mean they've been terrible for years. We didn't need a yeah. pandemic to make them terrible. And they they've no. only gotten worse. In fact, the gap. What did I figure out? The, the gap from from Massachusetts was is is usually as big as our loss in COVID. The last time we had test scores. So I mean we're we haven't been succeeding in education in decades. And so there are two ways to handle this. He can say, look, yeah, they're terrible. We have to fix this. And he can take leadership, or he can say, I just don't want this to be a story until I'm safely reelected as governor, and then I'll put out all the BS statements. And that's where what he's gone with. He's just a sleazy, lying guy. And so uh, I mean, it's. It, it, what strikes me and he's too, a bad you know, liar. Yeah, exactly. Liar. And I know you and I come to this at the same place. Like I, I initially thought, like I've said, you know, I, he's going to get a shot, and Ramundo pushed him over to the sides. There's a sleaze element, Justin Katz, to this administration to think this was plotted out. This was not like this was. They thought what we're going to do is we're going to pretend we don't have them, and then now he's going to carry out the lie. And then it blows up in their face. And I, I don't have any sympathy for them. <laughs> well, no, we shouldn't. And what's, what's shocking is how many people actually seem to have sympathy for them. I and mean, last week we were talking about Providence students walking out because they didn't like some of their one of their teachers' tweets. This is, this is hiding education scores for political gain. Where are the activist students? That's where, right. where, where, where are all the, the insider education people who want that constitutional amendment to make education a right in Rhode Island? Where yeah. are they? They're, they're right. nowhere to be found because this yes. starts to undermine everything. They, if they can't get their guy in whom the labor unions are backing, and, and by the way, 
I guess it's related to this segment. I've kind of been surprised by the degree to which Bob Walsh, the NEA, I think he's already done, he's retired from there, but the, for decades, the NEA, the National Education Association of Rhode Island's big guy, the executive director, he is tweeting out stuff like he is a campaign director for McKee's administration. He so, is. Oh, he is. I, I couldn't find evidence that he'd been hired. But I mean, well, I, I mean, I just, I mean, he's almost acting, you're exactly right, in the okay. role that he is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've searched. I won't be surprised if when after the uh, election, we find out he's invoicing McKee for hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of right. the advice. I mean, he was even saying he wanted to be in that terrible attack ad against Ashley Kalis, but yes. as, as if he was involved in a production of it. But but anyway, so you put these together, you've got the governor hiding uh, test scores until after the after the election. You've got activist groups who don't seem to care when the governor does this, and you've got the the main union organizers for the teachers unions out there supporting McKee to the hilt. I mean, it, it starts to feel kind of like, hey, maybe they don't have Rhode Islanders and in, our students' interests in their minds. Maybe it's right. all about politics and keeping power, and that's what you get with this administration. You just have that feeling, no matter what they do, they're going to do it badly and they're going to lie, but they're going to they they played the game they positioned themselves within the primary system and just barely eked out a win uh over over um their opposition uh, folks who, who as, you, as you pointed out because when i showed mentioned it to you who won on election day the primary and That's they right. barely eked out that win and now they everybody falls in line because this is their person this is their democrat leader they've got to get him over the line it's, there's no integrity there's no concern for students or the rhode islanders it's just we've got to get this guy in office because that's our power base folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz me and you get anchorizing.com justin let's talk about that channel 12 to be it got fiery uh my impression was i thought ashley kalis she she did better we'll talk about both debates she over-delivered. She did better on the Channel 12 one than I thought she did the Thursday night. But just in that Channel 12 debate, I mean, there it was. They have now caught him red-handed in a lie. He stood up there, looked them, and lied. Uh, now that's been proven in less than a week. He was fighting with them, uh, you know, telling them that they should call her out the way they did Matt Brown. He was uh, very testy. He, he said that they raked his friend Mike McGee over the coals. He didn't like all the FBI ILO talk. Um, I, I just found he was very defensive. I heard he went storming out of there. Uh, he also, he looked like hell. He had been in the hospital last weekend with this medical procedure. But I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on that that Channel 12 debate. Yeah, he did. He did look bad. And I mean, he kept distracting me. It was something like his, his jacket seemed like it wasn't quite fitting him right or something. Right. It was just yes. up in the background. What is that about? But he, he was he was testy. He, he did the typical politician thing on a lot of his answers of droning on with these long answers. Oh, um, oh, yeah, we did this. We did that. At one point, Kyla said, yeah, that was a lot of words. And that was exactly it. You know, the, the funny thing is, it goes to his his incompetence and sleaziness, I think, that ILO answer. I thought he had a he had a decent answer. And it's what I've been, what I said early on when I, we didn't have details. He, he wanted people he could trust. Okay, fair enough. He hasn't acted like that was his explanation up until now. But then, so he had a decent answer and he, he should have because he should have been prepared for that question and that attack. But then he, he as you said, he turned on, on uh, Ted White, uh, Ted Nisi and, and Tim White. And the, they started having to defend their station's yes. coverage. I mean, it was yeah. just so unnecessary. And it shows you he's not hes not a leader. He's not a grown-up. He's not a very good manager. He, he's bitter. He's angry. And he somehow positioned himself to be the the, the horse of the Democrat in this space. And that's it's, it, you, you don't see it much clearer than, than those moments where he just can't help himself. And a lot of things, it was almost like a, a wait what? moment every couple seconds he's talking about people volunteering their time what you you were giving out million dollar contracts what are you talking right. about yeah. you're saying i don't want to name the people who who helped with that because then you'll put them in your attack ads what <laughs> that's how, so we're, we're, we're not allowed to know who is helping you make these terrible corrupt decisions because people right. might criticize them i mean it's just the the number of things that come out of his mouth there and there's no you you can tell one of the ways i mean bob walsh included among them you can tell he's how badly he kind of flopped, I think, during that debate by the, the way the attacks on Kayla so, 
largely from anonymous accounts on, on social media. Oh yeah. Really ramped up after the debate. I mean, she's just, they, they just nonstop trying to gin up anger and, and defensiveness about her. And you know what else, Justin, it's just some of the things that Governor McKee, he throws out as accomplishments, you know, 40 million or whatever the hell it is, 35 million uh, galley fisheries, but, but that, that's our money. I mean, if, if you give any Link Chafee or Gina Raimondo or who, if you give them money, taxpayer money, and then they hand it out, what, that's not an accomplishment. Like, who wouldn't do that? And all, you know, 500 uh, road construction, but like, Notice there's no mention of private sector. There's no mention of luring private sector jobs. He's given up on that. When you say I, I gave, you know, 10 million for this and 10 million for that, that that's that's all our money that you play Santa Claus because it was a lot of it was COVID money and then they had the surplus. But notice none of it came filtering back to the taxpayers, the people that actually pay the bills. He he takes our money, hands it out, and then he wants us to thank him for handing out our money to these different causes. Yeah, well, that's that's how they think Rhode Island is governed. I thought I thought Kayla, Ashley Kalis had a really good response there, and when he he was saying they, McKee was saying they, they came into a hard situation and they they succeeded with COVID and got us to be the most vaccinated or whatever his claim is. But she said, well, yeah, and I was happy to help in that effort, and all the healthcare workers and all the people who participated. Right. Were, it's to him, it's all about him. Here's what that's I right. did. With yeah. your money, I'm completely to, to credit for this. There's no magnanimity. There's no sense of a of, of a team player. It's him. It's all about him. It's just like that moment on on primary night. You know, hang up on them. Why? How could folks be trying to horn in on my moment? You know, that That's was right. My it's it's all about him, and he's just got to make it sound so good. And it's it's just not. And so I thought she had a good re- response on that uh, in particular. Uh, hopefully, you know, people kind of caught it and said, wait a second. Yeah, you didn't do this on your yeah. own you had, to right. the extent you had anything to do with it. And not only that, before we take a break, um, he even said, well, you know, I think my mother is what pushed me over the top on, on primary net. Well, actually, no, that, that wasn't. You won it because of the mail ballots. And I'm going to say it was, in fact, organized labor, the unions that collected all those mail ballots. Actually, and nothing against his mom and these, they insist on having these commercials. But no, as you put, folks won. Like he wants the narrative to be. Here's how you should write the story. My 94 year old mother got me up. That that, but that's not what happened. Um, that that's not actually what happened. So whatever that ad was, it it wasn't effective. The Democrat Party is stuck with someone that if if folks had figured out the mail ballots earlier, she'd be the one up against Ashley Kalis right now. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, there was a second uh, debate on Thursday night, and true to form, uh, Governor McKee, he was very angry after the Channel 10 debate at Johnson & Wales, went stalking out of there, uh, didn't shake hands with anyone, was very upset Matt Brown was there. He was also very upset the Channel 10, the Channel 12 debate, with any felt that uh, Helena folks had been given too much time, whatever it was. He didn't like the Channel 12 debate this past uh, last week, Tuesday night, and then Thursday night, they were at Rhode Island College, and I was there, and something was mixed up where the McKee people didn't 
give out enough tickets or get people to go. Let's face it, there isn't a lot of enthusiasm for them, if any at all. They had union people outside holding signs, but I watched, they didn't come in. So someone told them, all right, you guys have to stand outside the debate, Rhode Island College, and they got in their cars and they, they left. So Kalis actually outnumbered him. I, I'm not exaggerating. I'd say four or five to one as far as crowd. And then you had Governor McKee on stage complaining about ticket distribution. When stalking off again, would not shake her hand. He was yelling at the moderators. He was yelling at the college, uh, saying he doesn't need this type of stuff. And what is this? And why did she have more people than me? I'll tell you, Justin, th- this is I just don't remember the last time. Uh, it's very it was very it's very Richard Nixon like of you're not going to have Nixon to kick around anymore. He's just he's an angry, stalking guy. Well, yeah, and, and it shows you his how kind of fabricated his support is at this point. I mean, the the union folks I, were outside the Channel Twelve studios, where you know there was there yeah. were no seats inside. They were outside there. The, the only reason to be there was to intimidate Ashley Kalis. That's the only right. legitimate reason. But that's that's what it is. They they zoom them in to to do whatever, hold some signs outside for twenty minutes. We'll give you a hundred bucks or whatever it is, and then they right. they leave. And that's that's what happened. They don't want to sit through a whole debate. That would that would cost they, a fortune to pay right. them to and sit no through. One- no one coordinated to bring them inside. So now you don't, you actually don't have a lot of support. Right, exactly. The people, they left and then he's mad about it. Yeah. And that, that's just there. And you, you can't get angry at that. You know, there, there are two things you can do. You can, when you're, when you're in a hostile room, you can either get angry and look like a fool or you can try to win them over or play your, play your best game and do what you can. And, and you know, any, any high school athlete knows this, but apparently McKee just doesn't, doesn't get it it's it's a just that angry and angry and and not willing to look at himself you know to see what am i managing how am i mismanaging this how should i correct and you know that does not whatever it might say about him it does not bode well for for anything he might do as the leader of the state and as the governor because it's just he he cannot adjust he cannot make honest assessments of what's going on it's all about the spin and trying to make himself look good and apparently from his first two years all about giving out as much money as he can to people who can help him win the next one i think that's exactly right and then inside of that um i will say the questions kind of bode well or they did last week uh for governor mckee the first half hour i kind of had almost as a draw uh again ashley kalis this is all new to her i don't think she fully understands it She's not really there to try to win over the moderators. She's really playing to the audience, and, and she would be best served if she would just point out where she's different from him. That's what voters are looking for. I would say then the second half of the debate, it was an hour long. The uh, audience got into it a little bit more. I, I think you know they were waiting for a chance to kind of get in. Uh, she seemed to kind of get into a groove a little bit. I think she had a lot of time to prepare for the first debate, which she has not mastered or just some of those – you know, kind of soundbite one-liners that people could use. Again, she she her biggest thing right now is she she's not intimidated to stand next to him and call him incompetent. But it um, I I, I don't know, Justin. I it's I won't say I didn't think she was great. I thought she was better Tuesday night. I think the questions were better, you know, better suited. You know, they were bringing the people on screen asking about equity and things like that. So I think the questions favored a democrat candidate thursday night but i want to hear your thoughts on how you think she did thursday night second debate compared to the first one well i think i i think the, the first one was a more formal kind of a debate and and yeah. you would expect from npr and, and providence journal to have a little bit more of that that progressive feel and you know, channel 12 tends to be a bit more kind of about the news uh, and she she does have particularly in the first the first night she did have some some good responses to him yeah. you know on abortion and you know turned it around on him being the uh, aggressive male and and also uh, she does she, in both both debates she, she, you can see kind of the boxer thing she does have the jabs but she doesn't as i think you just were suggesting she doesn't seem to have quite the the improvised moves yet no you know, so 
know when it's something like talking about uh, i think i forget which debate it was i think it was a wpri one he, mckee started going off on his whole prepared speech on uh, on her not living here and so on and so forth she really could have been a lot more aggressive interrupting him and saying well what do you mean you, should i be investigated because i'm not eligible you know that kind of stuff she yep. seems to she needs to get a little between now and i guess there's one more debate uh she needs to yes. kind of get that kind of that's because that's where the real kind of jabs and knockout punches can happen especially with a guy like mckee because as as, as you said a few minutes ago he, he just gets angry he, he'll lie he doesn't have good answers when he's when he's knocked off his script and when he can no longer um and err his way through a five minute period and so that's where her opportunity is if she can keep him off balance he'll do and say foolish things that'll that'll hurt him at the polls yeah and also you know she's just and i think part of it is not number one she's never debated before but never run for office and two you know you know you know and again i like her i think she's she's doing the best she can she's not fully up to speed and all the Rhode Island things but she easily could have said you're lieutenant governor sabina Maxwell. she's from the dominican republic she's not from She's not from here. This whole business of, and we're going to talk about the ad of not from here. Um, but we're also, just to go back to the Channel 12 debate, Justin Katz, when he you know, thought he would take a jab at her about she sends her children to private school, and other people have said, boy, that was a real opportunity. The Newport test scores for the public schools are, are atrocious. And I, I think someone a little more seasoned or if they thought it through could have flipped it and said, well, we certainly considered it, and you're the education governor, so let's talk about what the test scores are how it is and so forth but it just it wasn't there now justin i also want to ask you about um, what do you think of that commercial that he has out of all these people attacking her saying hey ashley and you're not from here hey ashley you're not that's not rhode island and blah 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 what do you what do you think of that uh commercial well I, actually i it, it physically nauseated me to some extent i mean you take yeah. apart the partisan aspect of it it's just it's so aggressively i, I want to say parochial but that almost sounds cute i mean it's it just you're not from here you don't belong here you're not one of us i mean just so exclusive and so yep. insider and it, it's like it's like he wants to make rhode island like the red the redneck state of the northeast or something like that i was just it, it was really a, an objectionable terrible commercial and you you would think i think you you highlighted it well when you said you know flip this around and have a republican saying about matos and what's the reaction that should be the reaction objectively yes. objectively there's no ifs ands but people but all of his partisans are out there oh that was a great commercial and no it wasn't i mean the, the people in it they looked angry and bitter yeah. and mean there was you you know there are a lot of ways you could criticize somebody who's comes out of nowhere and thinks she can run the state i mean there are a lot of ways you can do it there's a lot of good points to make there you can make them academically you can make them humorously but this was just bitter and angry and and relying on the worst aspects of humanity and then you know layer in the fact of that it was phony i mean you you were definitely on the idea that one of them was a holly was fake yeah. a rhode island accent total just yes. how dumb do you think you are i mean rhode islanders ought to be uh, offended by that you you think we're all just a bunch of uh poorly accented idiots who can't deal with people from, from who aren't from here i mean and and you're going to try to lie to us about the people in your commercial even and it's just it's just terrible and it really it's discouraging that it's not more universally seen that way it's sort of spun and and put aside and, and people who want to support him seem okay with it i guess but that's yeah it's definitely was i thought way outside of the bounds yeah i thought it was also it's very um i thought it's pretty Good insight as to what governor, how Governor McKee, what he thinks of the people of the state, that they're like, <laughs> you know, a bunch of local yokels. You'd think that she'd crash down in Mayberry for crying out loud. Oh, hey, Ashley, like, what are you doing? You know, as if she had stumbled into the wrong street in Brooklyn or, or the Bronx or Queen. You don't, you don't belong around here. I mean, and, 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 and Justin, what just makes it so rich is the fact that this is the guy, you know, Rhode Island's a melting pot, equity, diversity, he's giving out driver's license to illegals. And yet, God forbid, anyone that moves in here from from another state that then wants to, you know, live here. Hey, you're not from around here. I mean, it is. Hey, if you and especially the one at the end that kind of like she's mocking, like looking the person up and down. You're not from here, are you? My God. Holy cow. That goes back to I mean, there, there's a lot of hidden uh, 
um, nativism there and racism and, and a lot more. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. That's right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane Heating and Cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing at our anchorrising.com. Justin, finally... Uh, the CD2 race right now, now we've had two polls that have come out, Channel 12 poll, and then last week, the Boston Globe came out, and it shows Alan Fung, Cranston Mayor, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, with even a, a little more of a lead, up eight. Um, I want to know your thoughts on that. They also have a little bit of a tighter race between Dan McKee and, and Ashley Kalis. I, I thought the, Chin, the Boston Globe Suffolk poll... I. I kind of like the way it laid out a little bit. They also did CD1, CD2. They did it by party. Uh, Kayla's doing very well with independence. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts on the Globe poll? And then I want to talk a little bit, your thoughts on this CD2 race and how it's breaking out. Well, I think the the thing that really jumped out about the Globe poll was, was how similar it was to the WPRI poll, which suggests yep. to me that that it's really picking up something. Uh, the It is, I mean, it, it's Fung's race to lose. Uh, he, he's definitely in a lead. Um, Kalis is, is struggling mainly among, uh, she's got to start peeling off McKee's Democrats, which goes again to uh, dis- going after him in debates and, and making him stumble and, and giving people reasons to doubt him. Um, but I think the, the thing that it also showed, I mean, same thing, cost of living, way, way by far the biggest issue for people. Uh, everything else more or less in a tie for second place, although abortion at the front of that with real partisan Democrats concerned about that. But the, that, the thing that really jumps out is that disconnect, that Rhode Islanders are not happy with the way things are going, they, but they, they still will, I guess, feel like they have no choice but to but to put somebody like McKee in there or, or to stick with the Democrat Party, uh, which I think has implications for Fung as well, because if he can if he can keep out of that fray, I mean, Rhode Islanders are not satisfied and there's no reason they should be uh, that that's the same similar numbers for not going in the wrong direction uh, as well in both polls. People, people don't think the state's going in the right direction. That creates opportunity for op- opposition, but it also points to that that weird thing we've got going here where we just we can't seem to elect people who will do anything differently. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely time here. I mean, it's three solid weeks, and then you hit the weekend before the election, then the election that, that Tuesday. Um, what do you think of the – they're already starting to talk out now. I can see that uh, Governor McKee – Early part of the week, he's going to try to start doing more events with Senator Jack Reed. And the big name they're dragging out here is apparently they're going to put the onus. They're not. I'm, I don't believe that President Biden is coming in. They're talking about maybe either try to get President Obama to come in do an event, some kind of a gathering for Seth Magaziner. Uh, but that Senator Reed, there's talk that maybe he would cut a commercial. How do you think that could impact the CD2 congressional land of seat race? You know, I, I I wonder. I mean, for political insiders, it seems like it, it should help Magazine It Reads, generally thought to be popular, kind of middle middle of the road, um, Democrat, broadly, you know, broadly supported. But I, I wonder if people really pay that much attention to him. It's just another, I mean, people expect that at this point. It's just another Democrat supporting a Democrat, right? Um, so I, I don't know that it does anything to address Magaziner's shortcomings. He won the race as the party Democrat. Everything right. he says and does, that's his only qualification that he's put forward, uh, apart from perhaps owning a teal sweater. Uh, the 
the only qualification he's put forward is I will be an across the board Democrat. You don't, you don't have, you don't expect me to do anything you wouldn't expect the party to approve of. And so I don't know, Jack Reed coming in and, and supporting that maybe uh, it motivates something because he doesn't do it a lot and you don't see him yeah, a lot. and he is uh, you know he's not sheldon whitehouse and he's not cicilline he he does have the highest approval rating amongst any democrat and you don't see him you know kind of go out on a limb for people but i think it also demonstrates i i agree with you i i it's I mean, I would think they already have the Democrats. It's a matter of could he get some of the Republicans and the fact that I think uh, in, in the Globe poll, it shows 25 percent of Democrats are voting for Seth Magaziner. So I think, you know, to try to tap into Senator Reid. Now, I don't know if he wants. I think he should be cautious getting in because this this race has three weeks to get even to get real ugly. And you're still talking about the Jeffrey Epstein stuff and. You know, the fact that Seth Magaziner, the funk people started to go after, he was a big part of the abolish the police, defund the police. Um, I, I, Senator Reid, I don't know if he, the lineage of an insider trading, I think he should be cautious. But I, he, you know, in Cranston and in that district, uh, Senator Reid was the congressman there. I, I, you know, that was his uh, congressional seat. He, that's, I mean, I think it also just shows just how seriously and they're concerned about funk. Yeah, well, certainly. And, and as you say, he does have reason to be a little bit concerned about mixing it up in, in just a, in a congressional political race like this. Uh, so a lot of it's going to it's a lot. Of, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how he does it. I mean, if he comes in in kind of a milk toast, yes, Seth's our Democrat guy. I, I don't know that it makes much difference because it's really just saying whatever. If he comes in and, and goes after Fung, well, that, that might mix things up a bit and change some minds, but then that increases the hit that he's going to take to his own reputation getting down and dirty like that. So um, I, I, th I think that how he does it is going to make a big difference. And as to who else they could bring in, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, he, as I said, Magaziners, he, he's cornered the I'm, your, I'm a cookie cutter Democrat market. So yeah. I don't know who they could bring in. They'd have to bring in, it's almost like they'd have to bring in somebody who would have some crossover appeal, which I'm not sure they're able to do. I don't know who would do that. And I don't know that they would want that because then they, they damage their one talking point, which is that uh, Fung is a Republican. In fact, I right. said something today, uh, unless Magaziner joins us, our whole, our whole, delegation will be will be weakened well that's just ridiculous i mean no having a republican as long as you guys aren't going to exclude him from your rhode island conversation as long as you don't think your job is to support the party rather than the state that's just ridiculous you're stronger having somebody from the other party in your in your group as well uh, but so I, I don't know that magazine or the democrats have it in them to bring in a crossover right. candidate uh, right. so uh, i think that would help but i i don't i don't see that person out there yeah, I think I saw that. I think the word they even used was crippled, which I was shocked since yeah. the, 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 the Langevin seat. Mm. Um, and, and Justin, you know, I was discussing the CD2 race with someone, and I said, you know, I, Fung is running a local. You can see the difference. Fung's running a local race, right? He's walking into Twin Oaks. He's doing his thing. He's about town. I, I liked in the Globe story about it that a lot, some, a lot of people still think he is Mayor Cranston. <laughs> That's why they call him Mayor Fung. Magaziner, you're exactly right. He is, you have a consultant, you say it's a blue state, here's the type of commercials you run, it's all about abortion, just say he's a Trump wannabe, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's running, a, running a local race, he's running a national issues race. I'll be very interested, Justin Katz, to see in the next, in the remaining time, if, if Magaziner pivots off the abortion. I mean, everything has been about abortion, and he's also going to great lengths of some of the mailers that, that we get are, you know, they're going to take away your social security and Alan Fung's going to arrest doctors. And I mean, it's so over the top. I'm anxious also to see how they're going to um, perform on stage. And there's two other things about the polls and also the debates. Number one, I, I think you would agree with me. I was very surprised channel 12 did not talk about the soccer stadium. Um, you know, it did come up in the debate Thursday night in the Providence Journal Public Radio. Something that people should know is it's, it's not as if the thing is half built. I mean, if you go to the site, which I'm actually going to do broadcast from there, just a Facebook Live this week. I'll tell you, Justin, aside from the fact they did that ceremonial groundbreaking, there's no construction going on. And I don't think the media is paying attention to that. Um, that is overwhelmingly not popular in the 
in the Channel 12 poll. But I liked how the Globe poll showed how unpopular Biden is in Rhode Island. And it, it really, you know, the current mood of the country and the way these elections are going, I think you can definitely tell there's a nervousness that is setting in right now. If the media would just be try to be a little more objective, I think uh, the voters would be would be better served. Well, yeah, that that kind of goes without saying for the past 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, it's just if if they were giving that's that's really all they have. I mean, you're you're saying Magaziner, your curiosity pivots off the the hardcore progressive issues like abortion. I don't think he can because then his right. whole his base of support evaporates. I mean, Fung has been, as you said, going to Twin Oaks, going around to events. But I see from Magaziner a lot of he went to this activist group, he went to that activist group, and yes. their tagline is he cares about the issues we care about. I mean that's basically it. So I don't think he can pivot off of there, and that but that and that's really going to be going to be damaging damaging to him. But it does it does push him up. It does bolster him that the news media is so in line with the progressive Democrat talking points they've just they they can't help it that's what they believe it's it's they 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 just think that's truth and reality and so that that definitely helps i think an objective an objective review of of the issues of who's doing what if they were you know i mean look at both polls you've got i I forget the exact numbers but the 40 something percent top issue cost of living yeah. And depending which poll you look at, and that's in both polls, depending which poll you look at, abortion is what, 11 or 14 percent. And yet that's a much big, this gets a lot more play in the news media. So if they were really out there, if they saw their job really as exploring the issues that people care about, we'd be seeing all kinds of stuff about inflation. It would be magaziner. What are you going to do about inflation? Is Biden right. responsible for inflation? Is what's what's going on with this? Instead, it's it's you don't get that because they are that they are in that eleven percent who care about everything the progressives care about, and I think that that's that's sort of priced into elections and you to you've got to overcome that as a republican to have any any chance and that's it's a it's a decent sized margin of a vote the amount that they can they can move over and the way they can control the narrative and i think you know if you want to get kind of philosophical about it i think that's one of the central problems rhode island has right now is you, they just we we can't get past this because we've got, and we've talked about this a lot recently if you're a progressive you're a celebrity you're you're you know you're always assumed to be well-intentioned even when you you know you like the one guy you're, you're not really a doctor but you call yourself a doctor but if you're a republican everything is suspicious everything you know what do you what do you think about this latest tweet from donald trump i mean that's that's just the way they position it and it it, it makes a makes a large hurdle to out of the gate for for anybody who's trying to do something different you know like improve test scores in schools uh it makes a huge hurdle for them to overcome right out of the gate Folks, he is the uh, managing editor at Anchorizing.com. It's Justin Katz again, our segment Politics This Week. Justin, excellent job as always. We have three weeks to go, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Looking forward to it all. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. ...to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipetro.com.